Hello, Guitar Smarts listeners. This is an important announcement. Please don't skip ahead. We start this podcast with a special message. Way back in 2021, Guitar Smarts had the pleasure of interviewing the utterly fantastic Matt Long. Matt is a multiple award-winning British blues guitarist and lead singer of the British blues band Catfish and hard rock outfit The Revenant Ones. He joined us for episode number 20 and was a truly gracious guest who spoke about his career, his childhood, guitars and meetings his hero, Joe Bonamassa. Well, Matt needs your help. Through 2023, Matt has been undergoing treatment for bowel cancer, and his recent prognosis has meant that to extend his life and retain a chance of survival, he needs to seek private treatment outside of the NHS. Matt's family have set up a GoFundMe page that is linked in the Guitar Smarts link tree in the description of this podcast. And we at the Guitar Smarts podcast would like to invite each and every listener to consider donating towards this fund that could well save the life of one of the brightest guitar talents of our generation. Now is the time, folks. Head on over to the link in the description to find the GoFundMe page. Donate what you can. Your donation could save a life. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. It's kind of organized in a kind of way, but in many ways it's not. You've got to just flick, flick through everything and yeah. look for what, and my, my wife, to her credit, kind of passed the door. She must, she said to me later, she passed the door a couple of times when she'd finished looking at what she was looking at. And in the end, she didn't, she didn't give me a call on the phone or she, she didn't kind of, you know, say, you know, are you done yet? She, Cause she could see the look on my face. She just took herself off to a coffee shop down the road and went and went and got a coffee and a slice of cake and because she knew she she knew i'd gone down a rabbit yeah. hole she could she just said the look on your face was just like and and i and i was having an experience Greetings! Welcome to another Guitar Smarts episode. Thanks very much for joining us. This week we are asking the question, does anyone listen to albums anymore? Streaming music is undoubtedly convenient, and how we all consume music these days. However, has the ability to listen to any track instantly, or let Spotify choose your playlist, actually resulted in the death of the album experience? Does anyone craft an album the way they used to? Or is the industry geared up to just produce a collection of singles all in one place? That's what we're discussing this week. Come and join us on our social media pages. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash guitar smarts. And also come and say hello on Instagram. We're there at guitar underscore smarts as well. If you like the podcast, give us a rating, give us a review as well. And I'm going to leave links in the show notes to how you can do that. Super easy. We'd really appreciate it if you could. Anyway, that's enough from me. Let's get to it. Hey, Kieran, good to see you, buddy. Are you well? Yeah, really good, mate. Really good, thank you. Um, on the final final throes of my two-week holiday. Uh, so, yeah, the the, the looming uh, threat of having to, to go back to the day job and do some work in a few days' time is, is there. But we've got a long weekend this weekend in the UK. It's a bank holiday weekend, so we've got Monday off as well. Um, and I've got a couple of gigs and stuff coming up over the weekend and some family time. So, yeah, all is all is good, mate, with me. Uh, how, about, how about you? How's 
nice things with you. Yeah, I'm good. Busy. Busy. Just coming off the back of a gig last night, which we were just talking about. Did a bit of, did a wedding gig last night in North, Northampton. So a bit tired, a bit weary from that today, but I'm all good. All good. Yeah. I've been really busy with work this last week as well. So having to do quite a bit of overtime has just meant that I've just not had time to do any guitar playing other than practicing, you know, a, a few numbers for this wedding gig I had last night, but hoping to spend a bit more time over the coming weeks to do a bit more just practice and get back onto my kind of practice routine that I instigated a little bit for myself of, you know, trying to focus in on a, on a few areas and, you know, um, learn some things that I haven't really worked on previously. So yeah, good. I'm good, mate. I'm, 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 I'm good. Did you find yourself doing a lot of uh, practicing and kind of burning up on some numbers for the, the debt wedding gig that you did? Was that, was that fairly intensive or did you know, did you know pretty much all the, all the stuff yeah. that gig this week? So I, I knew most of the songs. There were some I had to learn, um, which is fine, um, simple enough. But um, I find I have to, uh, it depends on the nature of the wedding gig. So the the band that I, I say I debt with, I think I get the first call from the band anyway. Yeah. Um, but because it, it's like a wedding band through an agency, it's always a band of depths. It's never really a, it's not a rehearsed band. You know, it's people right. get the call, yeah. you learn the songs, you go and do the gig. Uh, but depending on the nature of the setup of the band for the gig sometimes sometimes it goes out with full horn section keys mm-hmm. guitar you know two singers and and it's a big sit and, and i I, li- I really quite like those because um I, I can find a place to kind of sit in the sound of everything and you go through the set list and you think okay so what does the guitar do in this song and i know that this part's covered by the keys and whatnot but sometimes they go out as a cheaper band basically where it's just guitar bass and drums and the two singers and that's what last yeah. night's gig was. So I have to go back over the set again and think, well, I can't just play the guitar part in some song. I've got to try and amalgamate a keys and a guitar part in certain areas. I actually find it really stressful yeah. because it's, it can be exhausting trying to carry some songs harmonically for the band on just guitar when the original might have two guitars, keys and horns. And I've got, well, I can't play all of that. I've got to make choices yeah. about what I play. And I know that if I make mistakes, uh, if I drop the ball at any point, there's going to be these like vacuums of, of areas yeah. in the songs where it doesn't sound right because it's just bass and drums all of a sudden. So I find yeah. those gigs a lot more stressful. So even though I tend to know the songs, I, I spend a lot of time practicing my parts. You know, it's, it's big, it becomes more of a parts gig rather than kind of just mm. trying to do some guitar things within the mix. You know, you've got to try and figure out, forget you're the guitar at the moment. What do you have to do harmonically to make this song carry itself enough? Like one of the, it's one of the ones was, one of the songs was, um, um, oh, what's the Ed Sheeran song? Shape of You, which has got like this marimba part beginning, or like xylophone, yeah. whatever, which is the riff, and obviously acoustic bom, guitar bom, underneath. Bom, 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 exactly. Yeah. This is a really simple song, right? But that marimba part's not that actually, you know, it's, it's not that brilliant to play on guitar. It sounds a bit weak. So, I, so I'm having to do something rhythmically with the guitar playing to kind of simulate that so that people kind of know what the song is, while still trying to also mm. carry that acoustic rhythm guitar part that goes on underneath it so it's not hugely complicated but that gives you an idea of the approach I have to take I have to go back through songs and take a different approach to things that I already know um, even things like for example when we do Summer of 69 so um, yeah. obviously that's an e- that's a nice easy song I like playing that but there's a guitar solo isn't there after the last chorus kind of thing that's playing on in the background there is yeah so so I'm, th- I'm then thinking well if I play a guitar solo there's nothing happening in the background other than bass and drums so I'm playing mm. it's just over DNA DNA the whole 
whole time. Those yeah. are the, the chords. Yeah. And so I'm just, whatever I'm soloing, I'm just making sure I'm letting the D string roll, yeah. play open or the A string play. So just little things like that to just constantly worried about, am I taking, am I filling enough harmonic spec? Whereas when we go out with keys and horns, it's like, I need to just pull back and enjoy myself a little bit more, find places to play uh, because yeah. everyone's doing that, trying to fill the harmonic space. So I, yeah, so last night was just guitar and I, I found it really stressful <laughs> and exhausting, let alone the fact that for some reason there was a radiator on full blast next to the stage. So <laughs> just sweating. In the middle the of summer. <laughs> Ridiculous. And then, then you're like, oh, we can't turn it off. Of course you can turn it off. You've got a boiler somewhere. It's not, it's not some kind of volcanic, you know, um, uh, lava running through there that's coming up from the, from the crust of the earth. You can't stop. It's a radiator. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that episode of Friends where they where they can't turn the radiator off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. Uh, anyway, but other than that, yeah, I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. So those those wedding gigs that you're talking about, or those gigs where you're trying to just fill in all the parts, that is that is a lot of hard work, and um, and it's it's kind of mentally draining, as as you say as well, because you can't you can't often just enjoy playing the songs because you've got to continuously make sure you're filling the void. Um, I definitely. Definitely know what you mean. I've got mm. a gig this weekend. Um, thankfully, it's only a one-hour set um, at a beer festival, so it's going to be quite quite a few hundred people there. Um, but we've got a depth drummer, which is one added uh, thing, but that's fine. He's, I think he's learned the parts, but there's only one guitar on it, and and I'm kind of like oh, the numbers that we've chosen as well. You know, they're not one guitar songs. You know, you, they, they are going to sound sparse. So I've really got to spend some time. On Saturday, just trying to figure out how to get some of those parts to work with just mm. with just one guitar, but they are going to sound very sparse, which is a shame. Uh, I think there's a lot to be said for choosing the right songs where you can pull that kind of thing yeah. off. Absolutely, um, absolutely, you know, and recognizing whether some songs where you just you just can't do it. Um, we've just accepted a gig on New Year's Eve as well, which is which is always nice because New Year's Eve is a big a big payer, yeah. right? Um, for, for for most bands, so I, d- I didn't want to turn that one down either because that'd be quite good and it's a good night out. But again, that's only going to be one guitar because our other guitarist is going to be away in in Italy at the time. Mm. So, but uh, but now I'm thinking, oh, I'm wondering if I can convince the band to get another guitar guitarist in um for that gig because doing two hours worth of those numbers as one guitarist is just going to be it's going to be exhausting but yeah yeah, interesting i think i think there's plenty of situations where one guitar works but it's like you say you've got to be selective about Mm. what what tracks work um and I'm going to make some more suggestions to this band that I dealt with about, you know, songs that um, I think will work much better than others in situations yeah. where, you know, it, we go out as just basically a three-piece. You know, forget the singers, it's a three-piece band. It's just right. a trio. So um, some stuff just doesn't work. Like, we did things like, a, um, what's the Bruno Mars track? Um, Locked Out of Heaven? No, uh, the, the funky one with Mark Ronson. I can't oh, the names um, of all songs, I'm tired. Yeah. Um, downtown funk. What's it called? Up, up, to the opposite. Uptown, uptown funk. Uptown funk. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, wrong part of town. Wrong part of town. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's so fun. Yeah, Uptown Funk, which we did last night. But there's no hot. I mean, that's, that's think about that song, how many horns parts and, you know, yeah. there's some keys parts as well in there and, and some kind of synthy stuff going on in that build up to the chorus. None yeah. of that last night. It was just the bass. I mean, how, why put that in the set? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. and I said, and I, you know, I said before, yeah, we'll just, we'll, we'll just kind of groove it out. But it just sounded yeah. so empty. Yeah. It's so empty. Um, but anyway, let's, let's move on, shall we? Shall we get on to this week's topic? Yeah. Yeah, let's. Yeah, 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 definitely. Sorry to interrupt this super interesting conversation. However, if you've made it this far, maybe you should subscribe to the Guitar Smarts podcast. Go and do that now, and then let's get right back to it. So we um, we thought it'd be uh, off the back of um, our chat last week. This is almost kind of like a the next the next part of a, the conversation, right? So we we were discussing uh, recently the uh, the art of the live album, right, and some of the great live albums that inspire us to play guitar and ones that really excite us. You know, uh, those recordings of the gigs that you wish you'd been at because it's just been captured so well. So we had a good chat about that. And then we thought uh, this week as a kind of continuation of that, it would be good to have a chat about uh, albums in general, right? Now, this this has the tendency, mate, I think, uh, to, to veer into into two middle-aged men grumbling about, about yesteryear. So we've got to try really hard not to, not to go down that path, right? But... But the question that we often kind of chat about, right, as, as avid guitarists and, you know, people that like listening to, to, to music in general is, you know, does anyone listen to entire albums anymore? Mm. Is, is, is the album dead? Like clearly music is not dead, but have, have we now with the advent of streaming music, which is super, super convenient and, and, you know, arguably how I listen to probably 90% of music uh, mm-hmm. on a day to day basis. It's all streamed through Spotify or or what have you. Yeah. Um, you know, it's super convenient. But but has that meant that we have now a very throwaway, almost kind of uh, flippant relationship with with uh, m- how we consume music? In, insofar as uh, we, it creates a short attention span, and we just jump from one track to the next uh, mm. at, the, at the flick of, at the flick of a, a button or, or, or what have you on on your iPhone. And does that mean that as listeners, we're not consuming music? to listen to an entire compilation of, of songs put together as an album piece does it mean that artists aren't even creating stuff like that anymore and so we thought it'd be good to have a, have a chat about that whole thing and then maybe talk about some of the some of the great guitar albums that we like uh, not just because they've got one or two great tracks on the album but because there's a as an entire composition the album itself works as a body of work and you know is something that we get excited to to, to listen to uh, from start to finish, I yeah, guess, rather absolutely. than just dipping into the odd track. And yeah. uh, so I thought that'd be, I thought that'd be quite a good, a, a good one for us to to, to to have a chat about. Yeah, it's great. It's really topical as well, I think, because there's definitely something different about the way artists present their music now as well. Given that mm. um, the consumption method is so different, like you say, yeah. everything, everybody really, you know, I, I I listen to all my music through streaming services, even though I own a lot of music on albums even though I've bought a lot of music on iTunes over the years and mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. kind of consider iTunes a streaming service as well right because I can listen I to my so. music anywhere that I've bought from iTunes but I could download yeah. it if I wanted you know I've got I've bought so many albums over the years but I still don't listen to it on 
iTunes now. Right? It's on Spotify. Yeah. And I think yeah. the key thing for me is I'm kind of making my own albums all the time, you know, mm. Like, mm. like playlists, you know, effectively I, I'm, it's making your own album. That's, that's an <laughs> album you actually want to listen to. Maybe you like Stevie Wonder. Maybe you go down to Stevie Wonder Hall. Um, yeah. and instead of listening to all his albums or jumping from album to album, you make a playlist of all the stuff you like that he does. And then when you want to listen to Stevie Wonder, you listen to that playlist. So think about the process of doing that before there was streaming services or before you yeah. could purchase your music online. What would that be like? You, you'd be getting all your Stevie Wonder albums out and you'd be playing, you know, if you'd chosen one or two songs from each album, you'd be you'd be forever changing records and CDs. And that's not a convenient consumption method, is it, when you've got a physical hard copy of the music? Whereas if you're streaming, you can create a queue of music that you want to listen to at any particular time. You can listen to a playlist you've already made. You can create new playlists. You can collaborate on playlists with friends. Um, I think the method of consumption is so different now that I think this is why you see a lot of artists just release singles that aren't attached to albums and then they attach them to an album at some point in the future. You know, it's like they're not even really holding on to their music anymore. You know, they're not building up a, a collection of music over time and releasing it. It's that it's like they're doing, you see a lot of artists doing John Mayer, for example, his last album, um, Sob Rock. Yeah. I think there's at least three tracks on that album that he'd released as singles over the last three or four years and he yeah. now just attached yeah. them to this record, which is kind of like the opposite, right? Why would you mm. release individual tracks first and then attach it to an album? And I guess that's the consumption method. You know, that's get your music out there for people to listen to because this is how people listen to music. I mean, what about you? How do you, do you listen to, are you the same as me now? Do you tend to consume music through playlists and, you know, or do you still sit down with music and and put music on? Yeah. So I, <clears throat> I, I try to be disciplined and, uh, make sure that I spend time to sit down and listen to music properly. Do I mean properly? I mean, right. Let me, so let me, let me kind of chat about some of the things that, mm. that, 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 I, that I do. Right. So I have, and to this day, uh, am, uh, clinging on to a nice collection of CDs that I've accumulated through the years and mm-hmm. bought at various points in my life. And more latterly in my, in my life, um, uh, probably only in the last, you know, eight to 10 years, I've got into vinyl. So in- inherited uh, or was gifted by my dad, uh, a, hu- a huge amount of brilliant original, uh, you know, vinyl records that he had. And then I've started building my own collection of these up, right? Now, I'm also a bit of, uh, not, not too, too crazy, but I, I like, I like listening to music, uh, on the best possible, uh, kind of equipment I can afford and things. So like I, I have a, I have a, a passion for, you know, audio file quality music and trying mm. to listen to it as, 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 as best as I can. So I've got a nice hi-fi, et cetera, that I listen to music on. And now, like you, probably 80, 90% of what I sit and listen to of an evening is, is streamed because actually if you stream at, at some of the higher bit rates, it's really super convenient. I can stream directly from with my phone in my hand mm-hmm. and that connects wirelessly to my AV receiver and that sends it in very beautiful quality to, to my nice yeah. hi-fi system, right? So I'm still experiencing it in a very, very pleasing way. But even having said that, mate, when you put a CD in and play it through the same system, it, it, there's no comparison. The CD quality just blows the, the, the streaming quality away. The nuance of what you can hear is, 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 is just superb. So for me, CD is still the pinnacle of, 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 you know, recording and playing back, back music. So 
I still keep a really nice CD collection. And when I've got the time, I'll be able to sit down there and put an album on and mm. listen to an album in its entirety. And, and actually my CD player is uh, quite an old one now, but still works beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, when, when kind of manufacturers were still investing a lot of time and money into putting really good components into CD players. So it's a really, it, it does its job superbly well. So it's, it's a hi-fi separate one and um, it doesn't have a remote control with it. So when I put a CD on in it, I have to sit down on the sofa, press play and listen to the album. Yeah. So I can't, so I can't, I can't skip, skip songs. So I'm there, therefore forced to listen to the album. Yeah. Um, which I think in in of itself is something really disciplined to, to be able to do and force yourself out of that habit of, of going, yeah, next track, next track, next track, yeah. or, or even just jumping to a completely different genre or artist or albums and vinyl, very much the same thing. I mean, there's been a huge resurgence of vinyl for, for many people. And, you know, that's a different kind of experience. Again, uh, the sound quality people wax lyrical about, I've got again, a nice turntable, but I think CD still, you know, trumps it, but there is something nice about listening to vinyl, but the whole process of taking the vinyl out of its sleeve, mm. looking at the album art, kind of reading the sleeve notes, sitting there, listening to it and knowing yeah. that in order to skip ahead a track or to change to another album, you've got to physically get up and spend the next two to three minutes doing that. You just don't. So you, you, you kind of force yourself to listen to the album. And when you do that, you have a very different experience and you discover yeah. songs and listen to songs in a more meaningful way. I yeah. think. I think so too. I think there's definitely a, um, what's the word? Not tangible. Something, um, maybe it is tangible. I don't know what the word is. Something, something physical about, about being, you know, connected to that, that, that physical thing, you know, that you're putting yeah. down on your turntable and you, you're moving your needle over to it. And you know, you know that what's happening is that the, the crazy thing to think about when you're listening to a vinyl record is that is yeah. how that sound is getting from I the vinyl to the speakers. You think this is incredible. <laughs> And and I and I think I don't think anything sounds as good. I I, I disagree with you. I don't think CDs are better than vinyl. I think. Do you not? You like you no, like vinyl? I, well, it depends. Through through a yeah. great audio file system, and there's no dust yeah. on the record. There's no scratches. Yeah. You've got a perfect stylus, and it's a good turntable. Yeah. You know that's yeah. not transferring motor noise through the needle. You know something really expensive. You know, like a I don't know. Like, but anyway, um, it, what you what you're getting is you're getting exactly what was intended to go onto that album. Especially if you know that the al- that the music was recorded on tape, you know, mm, and was mastered mm. through tape, and then yeah. got pressed onto vinyl through you know via that kind of you know mastering process. No digital was involved. Not that I have a problem with digital. I, I think no, it's great. No. You know, I listen. To, I wouldn't listen to music the way I do if I did. But yeah, the the reason I'm saying about these analog methods is because then you know what you get on your record is what was intended to be heard from the studio because yeah, there isn't yeah. any digital sampling process that is effectively removing information. You know, there's more information yeah. in a vinyl than there is on a CD. Whether you sure. think that 44.1 kilohertz sampling process, well, that's so much information. But well, yes, but it is, but it's technically less than what's on a vinyl. But it's still a is, sampling process. It's, it's, yeah. still, it's, it's still, still taking sampling. whatever it can it, exactly. rather than the full spectrum. It might absolutely. be 44,100 <laughs> times a second taking a sample, but that still means there's information missing. So a vi- even if a vinyl sounds to your ears, you know, not as good as a CD, to my mind, it's what was intended to be heard. It's more, it 
represents yeah. more what was intended to be heard by the artist and the producer than a CD. I think you're right. And and what I what I what I should probably clarify is <clears throat> I think the scenario that you're describing with vinyl is more difficult to obtain than with a CD. With a CD, arguably, so long as it's not scratched too bad, you put it in and it will play yeah. pr- pristinely. So it's more predictable and reliable to get that high uh, quality sound mm-hmm. with vinyl, particularly buying secondhand vinyls now. Um, and, you know, ones that are kind of not very well pressed or, you know, just not very well cared for. You can sometimes be distracted from the experience you're wanting to have because the quality of the vinyl isn't great. But mm. when I put when I put on some of the ones that my dad gave me when he looked after his vinyl really nicely, and these are properly, you know, heavyweight vinyls that were very well, you know, pressed and originally recorded on tape uh, and then mastered onto onto vinyl. You listen to those and it's it's a mind-blowing experience of listening to them. I mean, I remember putting on Stevie Wonder's Hotter Than July and then listening to that album and just being mm. blown away by the sound. Of, and it still sounds in, incredible. I mean, so you are, I, I would agree with you actually, when you can, when you can get that equipment, you know, set up really nicely and have a really nice record that plays really well. It's not scratched. It's not covered in dust or whatever. It's, it's, it's playing it back nicely. There mm. is something again with vinyl. And I, and I think, I don't know, what, what do you, th- what do you think the resurgence in vinyl? Uh, so here's the thing. I went into, um, when in, I was out shopping for the first mm. time in in probably years because everything that I've been doing with shopping in recent years is online, mm. right? And lock, lockdown aside, I still hate shopping physically, and most stuff I'll just order online. But we were yes. we were out in a in a we were out in a town centre yesterday, and I um I went into a a kind of chain record store. All right, which, you know, a lot of, I went into two record stores yesterday. So this is really topical and timely for this conversation. And I'll tell you about, I'll tell you about some of the things that I experienced and witnessed yesterday, which, yeah. uh, were, were, were really relevant to this conversation. But I went into, I went into HMV, yeah. which one, one, I didn't realize they still had stores going because I thought they all went, went under. Yeah, I, but saw, there was, did, I saw, did I? I didn't realize that. Yeah. So Guildford, um, uh, has still got an HMV. So I went into HMV yesterday in Guildford and was pottering around there. And I used to frequent this store, you know, in when it was kind of at, at its peak, you know, a couple, you know, arguably probably a couple of decades ago now mm. where, you know, there was no streaming. So you went there to get, to kind of get your media. The vinyl section in there is huge now. Is it really? Uh, it's huge. It was bigger than I ever uh, had, had seen, um, you know, before. Mm. And there were people, there were more people in, uh, looking at the, at the new, these are, this is new vinyl because they don't do secondhand stuff. There was more people looking at the new vinyl. Um, and it wasn't cheap. Mm. These were, um, 20 pounds a vinyl record. Um, so, you know, that's, that's wow. kind of what, 25, 25, 30 bucks per vinyl. Okay, it's new stuff. Now, this is probably stuff that hasn't been recorded on tape. This is digital. Right? Yeah. This has been digitally recorded and then and then put onto vinyl. So, uh, and people people they were there buying it at that price. And you go, well, I bet all of you have got Spotify or iTunes in your pocket. Yeah, and yet you are you are handing over good money for these vinyl recordings. So yeah. I don't know what, what is it. Are people are people going home and do they have these high quality hi fi systems that we're talking about and they're putting it on there and they're going, this sounds better. 
Or is there something about that physical act of purchasing a record mm. and own and physically owning it mm. uh, that that is making a comeback? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's an element of a generational time span here in that we're, we're now at a point where we're so far down the road with the internet and streaming that you've got generations mm. of people who are probably in their late teens and early 20s who have never known what it's like to listen to music mm. from a hard copy, potentially, yeah. especially vinyl. You know, I mean, if you're in, if you're 16 or 15 now, you know, and you you're starting to, you know, you you might have a, you know, a, a, a you know, an out of school job that's giving you, you know, money to spend on you like music, and you want to listen to music. You've never done anything other than listen to it through YouTube mm. and streaming services. If you're that age, you may have had a few CDs when you were younger. So mm. vinyl to those people is probably like a new thing. They probably don't even know that it's been around for a long time. Or if they do, it's old enough for it to be new to them. And mm. Mm. Um, I, I think there's an element of that and a, a genera- generational gap where people are seeing it as something interesting and new rather than a resurgence of something that's old. Um, and like I said, especially especially these days where, you know, the technology for listening to, to vinyls is still, you know, you still get really good turntables and amps and speakers. Yeah. And it's not it's not like you have to go on eBay to buy an old turntable. People are still making really good stuff. I mean, like companies like, I think it's Wilson Banesh, you know, you can buy turntables from them that cost tens of thousands of pounds because they're so mm. well balanced mm. and oh, yeah. made with, you know, diamond styluses and things like that. You know, the technology for listening to vinyls is as good as it's ever been. So the listening experience must still be superb, the right technology. And oh, I agree. That I agree. Sitting down late on a Friday night with, you know, maybe a little glass of, you know, single malt, putting on a, a new record and just sitting there and having an experience that's infinitely better than, you know, your iPhone ear pods and, and, you know, on the train. It's a different experience for people. I think that's part of That must be part of it. It can't just I be hope it is. a fad. Oh, the vinyl. I'm going to buy a vinyl and put it on a shelf. And I hope it's resurging because people are reappreciating the listening experience as being a physical thing you do rather than just something you put on when you're on the bus. I hope. That's that's my answer to that question. Well, yeah, I think you make a really a couple of really great points in there. One, the equipment is readily available. Um, it's never been a better time to get into vinyl or even yeah. CD because the quality of stuff out there is, is, is really good at an affordable price. I mean, my turntable was only a few hundred uh, pounds um, mm. and it's, it's incredible. It's exceptional. It sounds, sounds beautiful. And yesterday in this chain record store that I'm talking about, uh, this, this music store, I mean, predominantly what it sells is DVDs and Blu-rays, but they had this huge vinyl section and, and a somewhat dwindling CD collect, uh, section. But it was selling, this store was selling turntables. I was like, I had, I've Amazing. never seen that before in that <laughs> store. They had a section where you could go and buy turntables. I'm like, okay, some, something, something's going on. So that was, that was an interesting, uh, uh, observation, uh, piece. Um, can I tell you about the, the second record store that yeah, I went to? Yeah, of course. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm hoping it's, if you went to Guildford, I'm hoping it's uh, Ben's records, maybe off the high it street. Was, yeah. it, it was Ben's collector's records. Amazing, I've got to give that place store. a shout out. I haven't been there for oh, years. Oh, man. What, last time I went there, the guy made me a cup of tea. Yep. He's the same yep. for you. <laughs> oh, man. So I haven't been for a couple of years, yeah. right? I went there when I first started collecting vinyl a few years ago yeah. and I bought some great Clapton albums. Yeah. And like, uh, apologies. We've got a huge global listening uh, audience now, so you're going to 
have to either come over to the UK and go to this store in Guildford, which if you're if you're wondering where you've heard Guildford before, if you're listening abroad, uh, that's the, that's also the same town uh, in the UK where Anderton's Guitar Store is, right. is located. Yeah. So if you're a guitarist uh, looking for a trip to, 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 to the UK, pop, it, pop into Guildford. Go to Guildford. Yeah, go to Anderton's. Go to Anderton's, do that. Uh, but once you've done that, go over to Ben's Collector's Records on on the high street there. Yeah. It is a tiny little Aladdin's cave of joy. And, it's amazing. I get uh, goosebumps thinking about it. <laughs> mate, I had... Right, so uh, I was with my, my lovely wife yesterday uh, and um, we we're, you know, pottering in and around the shop, something we haven't done for years. Uh, Mum and Dad had the kids and um, she was looking in uh, a, a department store of some sort, looking at, I don't know, household. Uh, bits and pieces and I said to her I'm just going to nip over to the record store across the road and, and go in there mm-hmm. and I went in there and I, it was just as soon as I stepped in through the, that little doorway of this Aladdin's cave and it is stocked from floor to ceiling with yeah. just so much vinyl CDs it's it's, it's vinyl and CDs yeah. that's that's pretty much yeah. it right that's that's pretty much all that's in there it's kind of organised in a kind of way but in many ways it's not you've got to just flick flick through everything and yeah. look for what and my my wife to her credit kind of passed the door she must she said to me later she passed the door a couple of times when she'd finished looking at what she was looking at and in the end she didn't she didn't give me a call on the phone or she she didn't kind of you know say you know are you done yet because she, she could see the look on my face she just took herself off to a coffee shop <laughs> down the road and went and went and got a coffee and a slice of cake and because she knew she, she knew I'd gone down a rabbit yeah. hole she could she just said the look on your face was just like and and I and I was having an experience mate yeah. I, I I was flicking through all the vinyl albums the guy uh, I presume is Ben <laughs> and he's put he's putting on he's, he's putting on he's putting on music and I and, and it's great music man he's he's playing it you know yeah. on the speakers in in this tiny little store uh it kind of reminds me of a of a really non-pretentious smaller version of like this the, the record shop out of high fidelity right that film yeah where just well like everyone in the store is there because they love music and it was busy yesterday mm. in such a tiny store so everyone had face masks on because of covid and i'm in my own little world just like getting really involved and looking through all these albums going oh i'm trying to remember have i got that one or not because this is a really great clean copy of it and everything's cheap in there it's like every cd is like three pounds yeah right and ev- and most vinyl is like well it's it, it's all very reasonably priced so but one of the things that struck me was there were conversations happening in that record store between strangers yeah between complete strangers right and they were beautiful conversations that i was observing and listening to these were these were total strangers who were in proximity to each other Mm. witnessing what other people were looking at and flicking through and through no need for any introduction or any kind of social awkwardness they would just start a conversation going that's a great album have you got that one have you heard it yeah. like, no 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 but i've heard about it oh no no it's a really great album oh what kind of music are you into oh if you like this this is another great album and all of a sudden there was this social yeah. thing 
yeah. going on. And it wasn't just happening with one person and another person. You could, you could look around this tiny little store and see these little conversations happening between people. And then the record store owner himself kind of interjecting with stuff and everything that everybody was purchasing. He was having a conversation with them about that's a really good uh, version or that track on that album is brilliant. Yeah. And there are, there are hundreds of thousands of, of records. It's unbelievable. It's, it's, it is literally stacked floor to ceiling, oh. isn't it? In areas. I mean, one of my favorite memories of going to Ben's records is just that too. Having the conversation, you, you can't go in there and not have a conversation. It's impossible. Totally. You know, they will engage totally. you in conversation because they're passionate about yes. it too. But yes. just like, what's in that box down there on the floor? And he's like, come yeah. in out. Just have a look through it. Because it, it's, it's not like, it's, it isn't like you say, it's not organized. It's organized in his head for sure. Yeah. He probably yeah, knows yeah, where yeah. everything is and could find, you know, if yeah. you ask for something, you could probably find it within moments. But but it is right. like, it's it, you have to go searching. You can't just you go in to. and pick something off the shelf because you can't just go and buy a Metallica record by going to in the CDs and then finding Metallica that's the one I want off you go you have to go through you have to search and I'm sure most people that go to Ben's Records don't know what they're going to come out with because they're going in there for the experience of (laughs) let's see what I can find that's going to that I want to buy so it's it's a completely different experience isn't it going to little record shops like that are just the best it was it was amazing it was I bought I bought some stuff which I was going to show you here in my little bag of goodies I went as, as I always do I go into into any record store looking to find a really nice clean original copy of Fleetwood Mac uh, rumors oh, right. it's one that I, it's one that I don't don't yeah, own and, and want um, but then after about 10 15 minutes in Ben's records looking yesterday for that I, I, I forgot that I was even looking for that <laughs> and, and went down as I generally tend to do like a massive Clapton hole of just going oh I, I haven't got this one or I haven't got that one or do, do I own this one so uh, I bought one piece of vinyl and I bought uh, one CD as well mm-hmm. and it was nice to see that the, the CD section in Ben's uh, records also all second hand but all in really good con- good condition is, is thriving as well because I do do like listening to CDs so this I bought which I think you will like and you'll have to borrow off me um, I don't even know if it's on Spotify I'm not even going to look because I don't want that experience to be ruined mm. um, but if it is on Spotify I'm not going to listen to it on Spotify I'm going to listen to it on this so this is a double album of Eric Clapton wow. live at the Budokan wow. uh, so early 2000s we, I'm guessing something yeah, 2001 reptile tour looking at because he played that guitar on Reptile. Your knowledge is strong. <laughs> your knowledge, your knowledge is so strong, Mr. Matthew Oliver. Exactly right. And this 2001 concert is is exactly is exactly that yeah. right. So somewhere over the rainbow uh, is the encore. I'm, I'm sure, maybe uh, it is. Yeah. Yeah, wow, you are you are wise. I don't have ways. that, but I watched him with my dad. Me and my dad watched him on that tour when he did did a world tour. He came to Manchester. We went to see him at the Manchester Arena doing that. So I got a good memory of that tour. Oh. He had a great band. So it is so it's that tour and and I'd heard that the Budokan uh, the Tokyo gig of this was was great yeah. I think somebody said the version of Five Long Years that he does on that is is just mm. superb but I mean it's got it's got an incredible array of his greatest hits that he's performing on this and it's Andy Fairweather Low yeah on on uh, second guitar Nathan East Steve Gadd Greg Filling Gaines it's the it's the Clapton band yeah. that you want to be exactly. to be listening to so that is heavy I'm that uh, I've got a gig tonight. Tomorrow night, I'm going to sit down with a with a glass of whiskey, put that on, and listen to that, Perfect. and just be happier than anything. Uh, so 
yeah, that was that first purchase. Mint condition this is in, mate. The CDs are pristine. The, yeah. The case is beautiful. Four pounds. What? Yeah. Is that a double quid. album as well? Double album. Double album. And it's mint. Four pounds. <sighs> Do you see? Do you see? That's just a pleasure, isn't it? It's brilliant. So, that I bought that. And then this one, this is more for me than, than for you, but uh, I bought uh, a, a Guns N' Roses uh, album. Amazing. Uh, which is, to my knowledge, pretty rare, actually, um, because it is their concert live at the Ritz mm. uh, in Hollywood, which... Uh, sorry, uh, in uh, New York, um, in from 1988, uh, which was basically their first foray into kind of mainstream popularity. So it's basically appetite for a destruct appetite for destruction live performed live yeah. when these songs were f- were first formed, and they were basically touring this first album uh, before they became massive. And I've not seen this. Um, I've not seen this album before. I've heard some of the recordings on the internet and things, mm. but to have it on vinyl. Uh, is it still in its polythene uh, wrap? Yeah, yeah. It's never been listened to then. So it's not even. No. That's an that's a, probably an original pressing that's never been listened to. Oh, well, I don't think it's an original pressing, right, but okay. it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an old. This is an. Uh, this is this was pressed in two thousand and fifteen. Wow. So it's obviously been bought and not opened since then. So limited limited to five hundred copies. It says wow. so pressed in two thousand and fifteen. Uh, limited to 500 copies. Um, so, and it's mint. Um, and so as a GNR fan, to have a copy of that, that on vinyl, cool. and I, I've never seen it, mm. but, but Ben's, Ben's records had it, flicked through a few boxes and found like, what is this? <laughs> there, there it is. There wow. it is. Uh, so yeah. And that was, that was, that was more expensive. That was 15 pounds, but. What's, what's 15, 15 quid for yeah, an album that that's, I've that's never it, seen before? That's what, it, that's what music should be worth that, shouldn't it? It shouldn't just be worth nine ninety nine a month for a premium yeah. membership. You know, if you're buying an yeah. album... And man, do you think that, do you think, see, serious question now, do you think the joy of buying that album, going to that place and having that experience, do you think that's going to augment your enjoyment of listening to it as well? For sure. Not only that, but I've got like a bookmark in my life of when I bought these albums and a story behind it. So these albums are infinitely going to be more meaningful Mm. to me because of the story of how I acquired them. Yeah. Um, uh, the fact that we've spoken about it. And I don't know if you re- realise what I've actually done, though, inadvertently. But based on our conversation last week, I've just gone and bought two albums of two live gigs that I wish I'd been at. Yes. Right. So, and, and that's what we were chatting <laughs> that's about what we were last saying. week. That's absolutely yeah. right. <laughs> and that's what I've gone and bought. Not yeah. intentionally, no. but clearly, obviously, because of our conversation last week, I kind of went into this thing after I found the Budokan thing. I was like, oh, what, what else is in here, which is live stuff? Yeah. But I wasn't consciously thinking about it it but so so yeah and then i sat on the train on the way home kind of looking through the notes of it i hadn't even listened to it yet i haven't <laughs> even experienced what i've put purchased but i'm experiencing the the the, the kind of carrying it home yeah. in the bag and sitting on sitting on the train just reading through the sleeve notes and going right who was this band yeah and inside inside like the clapton one there's there's like a lot yeah. of uh notes about uh what this concert was all about some background on clapton 
some stuff about his career. It's got, it's, it's it talk. It, there's stuff, there's stuff there, right? Yes. Which, yeah. you know, it probably, you, 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 I'm sure there's bits on Amazon music or Spotify that you can click on to learn more about the songs you're listening to, but none of us do, right? Yeah. We just, just consume the music and, and then move on. So, well, I've got two thoughts actually. Do you know what? Two, two, which seem to, to me personally, at least quite, you know, profound, which is one, it making me realize, you know, the experience that, that you're having with vinyl and, and, and going out and purchasing these things and how much of a good experience and it's adding to your listening experience. Mm. It's making me realize how flippantly we treat music now because of streaming services being so easy. You know, you skip through things, you can just make your own playlist, just pick and choose songs as if they're just, you know, like it's fast food. And I worry now yeah. that I've spent too much time being flippant about listening to music and it being yeah. too much of a passive thing and whether or not that's feeding into my guitar playing as well. And I, I really feel now after you've talked to me about that experience and having those things, I mean, you're looking at them and reading them and interacting with them. And I th- I feel like I need to make a plan because I've got a box of vinyl in the loft, been in the loft for years. Have you? Yeah. Because I haven't had a turntable for years. You know, I've never really dedicated a space for listening to music. I've got a box of probably 60, 70 vinyl albums that have not been listened to for years. Um, and I'd really like to, I think I need to make a plan to, to, you know, to get a turntable and an amp and some speakers and, and, and get those out and start listening to them and maybe adding to the collection because, you know, I feel really inspired after what you said about your experience going to Ben's Records and, you know, how you feel about that process to kind of think I should treat listening to music with a bit more respect and with a bit less of a flippant nature of just it just being something I just turn Spotify on and pick something and play. Should It should be better than that, shouldn't it? I, th- I think so, mate. And- and it's really lovely to hear you say that reflection because that's kind of, that's exactly a really eloquent summary of how I feel about it. Right. To the point where both my kids, I've got a five and a seven year old, mm. <clears throat> my, my seven year old for the last couple of years, um, has a CD player, a little, little CD player, uh, music system by his bedside. Um, and one of the things that I've always, um, wanted him to do, cause I, I did when I was younger was to, to be able to listen to music uh, at nighttime as yeah. a way to kind of chill out and, you know, mm-hmm. help get to sleep and all of that kind of stuff. And of course, you know, it was nursery rhymes and lullabies for, for, for a long time. But from the beginning, he has always listened to uh, Clapton, John Mayer stuff and just my, my music, right? Uh, now, now he's old enough to, to kind of figure out what he likes and he, and he is very capable of figuring out what he likes listening to. We have a thing where he uh, once a week can go and pick a couple or three CDs out of my CD collection, almost like a library. Yeah. Uh, return that return the ones that he borrowed from the previous week and go and go and listen to those those albums. Now he knows what Alexa is. He knows what Spotify is because he uses them in the car with us. There's Alexa and, and all of that around yeah. the house. But his his preferred way to listen to music at the age of seven now is to go and go and borrow some of dad's CDs. Yeah. And as soon as he's got his new ones for the week, he runs upstairs and he sits on his bed and he puts them on and he, he figures out if he likes that album or not or what songs he likes and he flicks through the sleeve notes and the CDs and he reads it because he's obviously at an age now where he can read so he reads about it and at seven years old his taste in music now obviously heavily influenced by me but now he's finding his own taste in music and 
discovering CDs that I didn't think he would like, or I would never mm. have put into his hands. And he's loving, you know, he's loving them. And, uh, you know, me and my wife were discussing this and going, it's so nice that he's getting to experience music in this way. And I said to her, it's not going to be long before, you know, he will start to consume music in a very disposable fashion like we all do. But yeah. I just want him to have this experience of consuming it in a way that is more respectful to the album yeah. and listening to the entirety of it and listening to artists kind of bodies of work rather than just you know one or two of their, their hits so if, if I've done nothing else right with, with, with my child and I hope I have but if I haven't then that's one thing that I'll, that I'll be pleased that we've done is and, and now our five-year-old starting to, to, to follow follow suit as well and um, it's a really nice respect for music yeah. that they've got which which I'm really pleased about that's great that's really great well I think like we, I, I feel like this conversation's evolved into something a little bit more than maybe we kind of first thought we would be talking we were going to be talking yeah. just about albums in general and you know if listening to it changed but we really I think we've really got down to you know something which you know I certainly miss in my life which is the experience of listening to music the process involved of of sitting down with it being the primary thing that you're doing at that time mm. most mm. of the time 90% of the time for me unless I'm even if I'm learning music for a song, that's not the, the primary thing I'm doing is playing guitar and learning something. I'm not experiencing mm. it. I'm stopping and starting. Otherwise, music is something I have as kind of an umbrella over what I'm doing, whether I'm working, you know, whatever, you know, or I'm doing something in the house and I'm music's on the Alexa or whatever. And it's never the primary thing I'm doing anymore. It's something mm. in the background. Mm. Um, it might be quite loud in the background. I might still be enjoying it whilst I'm working or while I'm driving or something, but it's never something I sit down to do as a primary thing and I and I I I'm realizing now how much I miss that because I did used to do that mm. when yeah. it was a physical thing you had to put on whether it was a CD yeah. or a record and you know I'd sit down and listen to that record you watch it turn as well yeah. <laughs> something really romantic about you know a record being you know a ne- a tiny little needle you know being placed down on a record and seeing it turn and music come out of it you know I really miss that experience but can we talk again before we before we finish? Can we talk about specific albums? Shall we? Shall we just have a quick run through of some of the albums that we would recommend to people to to maybe sit and listen to the whole album yeah. and do exactly what you just said, which is have some protected time where you're not doing something else other than just sitting and listening to music. Yeah. Um, as, because there's some great albums which I think lend themselves to this so that yeah. you can just sit down, pour yourself a glass of wine, pour yourself a whiskey or whatever, make a cup of tea if you don't drink, whatever it is, just sit down of an evening and get into it and, and use this as a way to relax and chill out and not have it as a secondary thing. Yeah. to something else you're doing right and I think there's a few albums um, not necessarily chill out albums but just albums that 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 are great to listen to in their entirety yeah. to, to, to get that kind of experience of enjoying music uh, as, as, the, as the sole activity um, so yeah what would what would what's the what's the what's the album that springs to mind for you when you think of I just want to listen to the that album not just a couple of songs I want to I want to experience that whole album from start to finish well yeah exactly so so you're right so some of these some of these albums are not they don't have songs on them that I would count as being like you know it's not like you know, this is the this is the album that some of my favorite songs are from so therefore I'm recommending this album yeah. there are some albums for me that make more sense as a complete works you know the the yes the the more than the sum of their parts 
kind of thing, you know. Yes, exactly. You listen to it from beginning to end and it feels like a complete work. So I, for me, some albums uh, you've probably not heard me speak about before with this kind of affection, but yeah. um, Ten Summoners Tales by Sting oh. is one for me that is just... I can't really dip in out, dip in and out of that album. You know, there's some uh, great okay, songs on there, but <laughs> that as a complete work from beginning to end for me is is just astonishing as a, a record. And that's oh. one that I could. I, I don't think I, I ever listen to that unless I'm listening to the whole thing from beginning to end. Is is incredible. Yeah, yeah, you win. You win. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that was a great podcast this week yeah. <laughs> oh no in all, in all seriousness no that is uh, that is a superb album yeah um, yeah from start to finish um, yeah what about you because yeah, I've got a few should we go backwards and forwards or have you got what, what are you thinking yeah so I've, I made a quick list um, I'm not I'm, not, I'm just going to throw these out there and then people can go and listen to them because of course a lot of this is based on your own musical taste and um, but I think all of these have got a good strong guitar connection so yes. for our audience if you're into guitar playing irrespective of genre of guitar music that you like I think these these are some of the albums so first one for me that's that sprang to mind because it was the first CD that I ever bought mm. with my own money when I had a paper round and it was uh, Nirvana's Nevermind mm. I think is uh, I mean look it's not an album to sit there and necessarily relax to <laughs> but as, as an album that works yeah. in terms of a complete composition and takes you on different uh, di- uh, you know journeys emotionally from very heavy kind of upbeat songs mm. through to some more kind of sober uh, songs uh, that is that is a great album um for that for that band i think as a as yeah, a composition really and, and piece of work um, and amazing sound as well you know incredible yeah. production i think on that album really brilliant sounding so in your not yeah not in your face necessarily just big sounding album right it is a, it is it is for what is what was effectively a three-piece band yeah. right a trio it sounds mm. it sounds it sounds monstrous um so, and it's very well recorded i'm going to cover some of the obvious ones right uh so here's here's three obvious ones and then i'll jump back to you um three obvious ones that i've mentioned before the black album by Metallica yeah. I think is beautifully constructed as an album and, and if you've ever watched the documentary of how they put that album together there, there was deliberate thought and choice about each of the songs where they sat on the album mm. uh, the listening order but more importantly if they weren't good enough and they didn't fit with the album and what the album was trying to achieve then they didn't make it onto that album so I think that is an incredible album to to listen to and I would say that's a seminal album for the, for the genre as well I think yeah yeah yeah. You know, it, it, heavy metal and some thrash metal and st- that I think everyone in that genre benefited from from that album for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The band n- none more so than, than Metallica themselves, right? It launched them into a they felt they were taking a risk with that album, mm. but but turned out turned out to be probably one of the best things they did in terms of yeah. um, taking the band to a new audience. Texas Flood, Stevie Ray Vaughan, that's again mm-hmm. a seminal album, but you know, it's it's got some beautiful classic blues numbers on there as well as some incredible um sophisticated playing moments mm-hmm. um with tracks like like Lenny and things um Appetite for Destruction I've mentioned already that again is a, is a tour de force mm-hmm. album um from start to finish um so those those are my obvious ones and then I've got a few like maybe less obvious ones but but what what about you where would you go next uh, after 10 Summers Tales So for me um another album I think is a fantastic piece of work beginning to end is Hotel California 
California by the Eagles. Mm. Just mm. superb songwriting, yeah. superb guitar playing throughout. Um, yeah. But the thing that I love the most about that album is the vocals and the vocal harmonies throughout some of those. I mean, New Kid in Town, you know, you just yeah. listen to that and just listen to the vocal harmonies that are done by that band throughout that song. And remember that that's a, just try remember that's a time when there was no you know, auto-tune or correction that could be done like that. But they are perfect. It's like a pad of sound throughout some of the songs. I just love listening to that album because the performance by the band is is superb. The songwriting is just astonishing. They all sing, they all songwrite, you know. There's some songs sung by, you know, Randy the bassist, some by, you know, the guitarist, Mm. some is Don Henley. It's not all Don Henley who's doing the singing. It's just Mm. such a Mm. great example of a band at their peak. It's the first album that Joe Walsh was the guitarist for them as well. So it was a oh, great, is it? great yeah. yeah, so a great um example of his songwriting too. Some beautiful songs in that album. It's a really great listen from beginning I to end. I have a copy of that on vinyl, um, but I must say I haven't listened to from start to finish yet. You but that should. I got from my dad. My yeah. dad's given me that was part of the stuff that was handed yeah. to me. Uh, I mean uh, when you come round, I'll show you some of the stuff he's given me and you you will weep. It's like original <laughs> hen, original hen Hendrix recordings of like Electric Ladyland, yeah. Hotel California. These are the original albums in really great condition. Just that's, so that's, that's one a great that one to I, listen I have, to. I'll go and put that on You've in a minute. You have to. Just, just no, it's just, so there's some songs on that which are just stunningly beautiful, like Wasting Time and Pretty Maids All in a Row, stuff that they never released as singles. They're not that well known, but oh. they're just still beautifully you know recorded and, and written songs so hotel california another one for me which is a uh, which is beautiful beginning to end is uh, a night at the opera by queen oh great album amazing so many good recordings oh. on there some beautiful songs good companies amazing which is basically brian may playing guitar but sounding like a new orleans jug band um you yeah. know and then there's obviously bohemian rhapsody yes oh what's the what's the one that freddie mercury sings um love and my life is just oh, amazing what a song yeah. <laughs> that, this was their difficult second album wasn't it after like <laughs> the, yeah. the success of, of killer queen and yeah. stuff like that this was this was uh this was the one that they struggled with uh and to yeah, kind of it's like and yeah you know the songs that came off of that album it's what uh, for me that's one of the best rock albums of all time but that it's really but is. again it's one of those which is greater than the sum of its parts when listened to beginning to end it it makes seems to make more sense as a complete works rather than its individual tracks you know and i love the fact that they end the album with the national anthem which is yeah. what they did in the opera that's why they did that at the end of the album because it's called a night at the opera you go to an opera yeah. in london any opera ends with the national anthem so they did that for the album it's so cool that they did that that's amazing and um and the last Another one for me. I do have some others, but I'll just throw another one in quickly. Uh, Abbey Road by the Beatles. Great. Top to bottom. I mean, the last six or seven tracks are like a medley of songs anyway. And it just, (laughs) that's just just a great album to listen to. Top to bottom. Amazing. Right. A few more recommendations from me then. Um, uh, In no particular order. Go and, go and, I'd encourage our audience to go and listen to some of these as as complete albums. So, um, Are You Gonna Go My Way? Kravitz album. Any Kravitz album. 
that everyone knows that track, but mm. go and re- listen to the rest of the album. And it is just a beautiful piece of work to go and listen to from start to finish. He was, he had a vision with that album. Mm. And, and I think, you know, it, it doesn't do it justice to just go and listen to that title track. The rest of the album is, is, is I've incredible. never listened to it. I'm going to have to go away and do that. Oh, it's very, very cool. It's mm. a very cool album. Um, two very guitar-y, uh, albums, which interestingly, listening to tracks off them in isolation doesn't do anything for me. Um, because I, I, I appreciate these guitarists as, as incredible guitarists, but, um, I pr- much prefer to, if I'm in the mood for listening to either of them, I much prefer to listen to these albums in their entirety. Yeah. And then I kind of get, I kind of get what they're about a bit more. So one is, um, Joe Satriani surfing with the alien. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I've, I need to listen to that because I've been getting more into that kind of thing recently, but yeah, yeah, I need to check that one out. Listen to that whole album. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a more of a musical journey really to listen to that. And then similarly, uh, Steve Vai, Passion and Warfare. Yeah. Um, I mean, Steve Vai is an incredible musician, uh, and composer, but, Passion on Warfare is, I think, an album that deserves to be listened to in 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 the whole, rather than just going and putting "For the Love of God" on or, or whatever mm-hmm. track um, that you've heard off of it, because it just works better as a as a complete as a complete composition. And then the last one that I'll mention, there are so many more that I could mention, but the last one that I'll mention um, only because uh, this is my go to Sunday morning album mm. without 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 fail when. Uh, uh, I just want to put something on and just feel like it is Sunday morning and life is good. Uh, and it's the entire album that I put on, on vinyl, which is Lionel Richie's <laughs> Can't Slow Down. It's just a great <laughs> album. I don't I expect just that. The least, it's just the least rock and roll thing ever, man. But, but why not? You know, nothing uh, wrong with that. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, it's got, you know, tracks like All Night Long on there, Penny Lover, uh, Hello is on there, yeah. obviously, uh, which is a great number, but it also has, it also has the, the, the beautiful, uh, track Running with the Night on oh, there. Oh, yeah. And, and, Careful and, now. and, and <laughs> there is someone that plays on running, <laughs> running with the Night. There is a great guitar solo on that album. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, no. yeah, you know who it is. We know who it's, it is. Uh, Spieve Bukofer. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, that's not the reason I've chosen that album, no, and that is a great track. But that whole album is just, just awesome. Mm. I need to go and check those out, man. And, and I'm going to throw another couple in, which I think are well yeah, worth listening to. Yeah. If you're in a yeah. heavy rock or a rock, you know, just a rocking out kind of mood, you want to listen to a good album. Van Halen 2. It's, it's oh, just, yeah. you know, a stunning yeah. piece of work. And like, it's only about half an hour long. Um, and let's not forget, um, an album for me, which for, actually for me only makes sense. No, so so we, some of these have been, you know, albums full of great songs, but they're, I think they're, they're enjoyed better as a complete work. For me, there's an album that only makes sense and listened to complete, as a complete works, and that's Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Yes. Which totally right. has to be listened to from beginning to end. Treat it as one yeah. long song. Yeah. And otherwise, for me, except maybe money, it doesn't make sense unless you're listening to each song, because each song kind of moves into the next, mm-hmm. you know, in a mm-hmm. particular way. And then the last 
last album I wanted to mention, which is, uh, I think, a really great album, although we probably mentioned this guy too much, is just Continuum, John Mayer. That's a really yeah, great album. I agree. Top to bottom. I agree. In fact, I think that's probably yeah. his only album that is really great from top to bottom. I agree. But yeah, that's that's another one which is good for sitting down and relaxing to, because it does have a nice cadence from beginning to end, you know, um, and it kind of starts well and it ends well and it you kind of go on a bit of a journey through those songs, you know, it's not just a greatest hits kind of thing, but it's a that's a good one to enjoy as a complete album. Oh, I've got that on vinyl as well. I'm going to have to go and listen to that on vinyl now. I can I can sense a vinyl listening night yeah, tomorrow. Night. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. See, and that's the thing. That's it. That's something to look forward to, yeah. right? To go. You know what? Tomorrow night, I'm not going to turn on Netflix or whatever. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gigging. I'm going to chill out after the kids have gone to bed. Have a nice glass of something to drink, and I'm just going to listen to music. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Are, are we, I'm hoping there's other people that get ex- equally excited about that kind of thing. I think. Yeah, and and this has been an important podcast for me because, I, like I said, I think I'm realizing that. Um, uh, I I don't think I think I've been abusing. Uh, you know the importance of of listening to music for myself. Like I said, I don't, I can't remember mm. the last time I sat down to just listen to music. It's mm. always been as a secondary thing on mm. what I'm doing. Like when I'm working, I'll listen to some music. Or if I'm editing the podcast, obviously I'm not listening to music. But you know, if I'm if I'm like you know rendering files down or you know just waiting for things to happen, I might be listening to something. It's always as a way to fill empty space rather than mm. the primary thing I'm doing. And I'm I'm missing out. I need to change something to remind myself that it's something I should do regularly as primary thing to do, not just a secondary thing. So, yeah important that oh mate i'm so pleased i'm so pleased we've come to to such yeah. a, a, po- a poignant <laughs> place and with some cool recommendations yeah, for, exactly. for each other to go and listen to and hopefully for our audience to go and to go and listen to and and let us know um <clears throat> if you listen to this podcast any of those albums that we've recommended if you if you enjoyed them and and agree with us and also let us know please uh, our audience which albums you would add to that list that we mm. me and matt should go away and listen to as complete people pieces of work that we haven't mentioned today i'm sure i'm sure there's 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 plenty that our audience would 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 have us go and listen to yeah and another important thing to add i think here which maybe we haven't said is if you do decide to go out and get yourself a record player and some speakers and stuff don't just start ordering your vinyl online. Go and find your local Ben's Collectors Records. Find your local vinyl store. Yeah. Go and support yeah. them. Go in there and have those conversations and have a cup of coffee with them and discover things. You, you might come out with something different to what you wanted when you went in. Or just go in not knowing what you want, but go and have those conversations with people, with strangers about what music they're like and what you like and make cross-recommendations because that's worth so much more than the 10 or 15 oh. quid you'd spend on a record or two anyway that you're not going to get that online same with streaming services you're not going to get those conversations with people through Spotify and that's invaluable absolutely music needs a host sometimes you don't find something new sometimes without a host to say hey come and listen to this absolutely absolutely good advice mate good advice (laughs) ah what a pleasure mate I have one last thing to ask you before we wrap up for today yeah please please do we're huge STO yes 
Yes, yes. Tell me about it. Right. So, uh, so this is the the pedal that we discussed last week. It's just it's just come out. You were very kind enough, uh, Matt, to give my wife uh, a recommendation for a birthday present for me, which she 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 wanted and, and sought from you, and you'd recommended this pedal to her. Uh, for those that didn't catch last week's episode, uh, go, go and have a listen. Um, uh, but uh, essentially, this is <clears throat> a pedal that I hadn't heard of. Um, it's brand new out. You'd obviously heard of it, uh, Matt, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's based on uh, the Nobles ODR1, which is is a pedal that I'd heard of and was kind of thinking about purchasing. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a great pedal for, for for me to have tried out. I'm gonna gig it tonight in anger, uh, and I can't wait. It's on the board now. Um, as I predicted, it's slotted in uh, to the kind of middle of my gain staging. So I've, it's uh, I'm kind of going to use it for a uh, crunchy rock rhythm sound. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be my main lead uh, distortion sound, but as but probably it's going to be the pedal that's used the most because um, for a lot of the the, the stuff that I do <coughs> in this two guitar band, the, that kind of rhythm crunch rock stuff. For the main riffs is this pedal I think is going to fit the bill. Um, so the blues driver, the boss blues driver has come off the board and this has gone in its place. And wow, the, this, this pedal has got such a unique character and sound to it. It is monstrous in terms of the power of it. Really? It is. Yeah. It's just like, there is so much low end to it mm. in a good, in a really good way um, that it's, I'm, I'm, I'm bracing myself for how this is going to sound at gig. <laughs> volumes because i've got a feeling it's just gonna it's gonna it's gonna blow me away mm-hmm. i think so i've only tried it at home yet i'll let you know what it sounds like tonight at a gig um my one uh, kind of thing that i'm going to be interested to see is uh the tone control on it mm. Go, goes from very dark very muddy almost unusable in terms of uh dark uh kind of muddiness to it pillowiness i think they refer to it as but it's basically very muddy yeah at least with a hum- at least with a guitar with humbuckers in it but could be could be a very nice uh, kind of sound for some kind of jazzier or bluesier stuff played played quite gently but it does sweep all the way through <clears throat> to um pretty pretty bright and, and clear but um uh, but i would say it could do with an extra maybe 10 15 percent of of treble clarity on it um <clears throat> at least i think um so i'm gonna see if it if it if that works in a live setting or if i need to tweak the eq on my amp a little bit more just to compensate for for it's not much muddiness it's uh it's it, it's just a very it's a very warm very low end heavy overdrive yeah. but i think it's going to be amazing i'm so excited to use it tonight so i'll let you know how, awesome. how it goes but um yeah so far yeah it put a big smile on my face so yeah yeah <laughs> a I'll, way I'll huge know. smile on your face oh, <clears throat> a way huge smile on my oh, face yeah. amazing well dude great conversation this week really enjoyed it really eye-opening for me self kind of uh, discovery there in our conversation for me and mm. and um, you know I've opened up some uh, thoughts about my you know future plans there about wanting to, to listen to music differently and give it and treat it with a bit more respect actually uh, so yeah. yeah really important one this week yeah cool. cheers man really enjoyed it really enjoyed it well have a great have a great week buddy and um, yeah look forward to catching up with you next week fantastic good stuff mate have a cracking weekend and a good week and I'll speak to you next week Cheers, All the best, Matt.
Thank you so much again for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this week's conversation. Um, I know I did. I came away from this one wanting to go away and just listen to albums from front to back, uh, which is what I'm going to go and do now. Anyway, have a great week. Remember to come and join us on our social media pages. And remember to follow those links to in the show notes to be able to give our podcast a rating and a review. Anyway, thank you. Have a good week. Take care. Speak soon. Mm-hmm.